Hello, I'm Heather Drago, and this is That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. The holidays are upon us. It can be an exciting time filled with family gatherings and parties, holiday music and movies, religious observations, gifts and fun decorations, all the special things we look forward to throughout the year. But for a lot of us, the holidays aren't exactly magical. They can be stressful too. Some folks simply dread this time of year. Holiday gatherings can mean falling short of unrealistic expectations of perfection, ding, 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 family tensions or awkward conversations. Parties and dinners can trigger issues around food and addictions. The expectations that come with cooking and baking and shopping and gift giving can mean spending time and energy and money you don't really have. Remember that even now, especially now, it's okay, necessary really, to say no and set boundaries. You are allowed to prioritize your well-being and mental health. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk with some familiar friends and a few new experts about all the different ways you can set boundaries to ensure that you and the people who matter to you truly enjoy this season of celebration. So take a load off and listen in. It's hard no for the holidays. We have a bit of a heavy subject to cover today, but one that affects many, and for some, is most excruciating during the holiday season. Beverly Soggs, a certified child life specialist and bereavement coordinator at Harmony Cares Hospice, joins us to discuss grief, coping, and handling the expectations of others during the holiday season. Hi, Beverly. Thanks so much for coming on That's a Hard No. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. So when we first connected, you sent the most eloquent description of boundary setting during a time of grief, and especially the holiday season. I'd love to just dive right in. So let's start with the big picture. What are some good strategies for managing our grief during the holidays? Like, how how does boundary setting come in? Okay, so I think this is so important. And I want to start off by saying, you know, for anybody who is going through grief, no matter what phase they are in their grief, however you are coping today is wonderful. You know, there's just no judgment. We judge ourselves so harshly Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, how we're doing it or not doing it or I'm not okay. And there's just no judgment. You know, I think of, especially when it comes to the holidays of breaking it down, kind of in seven steps um, that I like to think about, you know, and the first one is quite simply honoring your feelings. So taking a moment to sit with yourself and just what do I, Mm -hmm. what do I want this holiday season? You know, if you can even get in touch with what seems too overwhelming, what feels like I can't even begin to think about, you know, Mm -hmm. decorations or the tree or any of it, you know, and to kind of get in touch with really, where you are at and what you're feeling. And, you know, it's wonderful to have a person that you can talk to that's just going to listen. 
um, and not, you know, try to fix, not try to make it better, not try to rush over with the lights, but just to hear you. And if, you know, or even journaling yourself, um, maintaining traditions or not, it is whatever you decide is okay. There's two important things to remember. So one is you can change your mind. So you may say right Mm -hmm. now, oh, absolutely not. We are not doing that this year. We are not going over to the side of the family. I just can't be there. I can't do it. And then three days later, you may say, maybe, maybe we could go. I might like to see them. Um, And the same, you know, and the other thing to remember is that in a year from now, you can do it completely different. There's no, you don't have to stick with what you, you know, well, last year we did it this way. Well, last year was a different year. And I, I hope that people who are grieving or supporting someone in grief realize that, you know, our culture likes to, we want to tidy it up nice and neat with a bow. Like, you know, we had a few days off now, you know, we're back to everything or it's been a year. So check that box. And sometimes you are just getting your bearings that whole first year. Right. There is, you know, the first two years is still very early in grief. And many people say the second year felt harder than the first because the first year just sort of going through the motions and then the second it's really sinking in. And that's not true for everyone, but that's certainly um, that's certainly something that I have heard from many people. And so mm-hmm. you can decide, you can change and you can decide and you don't have to meet anyone else's expectations of you. You know, you may have been the one who always put out the big dinner, but this year someone else can have that honor and you can say, I, I you know I can't do it this year. Um, or it can be difficult when you have multiple members in your family and you're all grieving a loss. And so you sit down and you compromise, you know, what feels right to everyone. And can you find some common ground there um, of what somebody would like to do and somebody wouldn't like to do? Uh, I think that's really important. So, you know, the tradition thing, you you can give yourself permission to skip this, you know, if, if it feels right to mm-hmm. you. Um, the other thing is, you know, reaching out for support. Um, you know, there are there is a lot of support out there. There's people who love and care about you that don't know what to say or what to do. So sometimes you have to tell them, you know, mm-hmm, specific, mm-hmm. and you have to be specific. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it would feel really good to, you know, have some decorations up, but, you know, your husband died and he's the one who always did that. And so yeah. we need some help, you know, and please, you know, that's something specific that somebody can do. Um and, you know, the other, the other few things are taking the time to honor your loved one. You can do that in so many different ways. And it's so crucially important that, you know, you find a way that works for you. And so sometimes it's something small and personal. It could be, you know, every evening lighting a candle. And that just mm-hmm. represents the love and the presence. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, doing something on a larger scale, like attending a memorial service. Many places have those around the holidays, churches and different places offer those. Mm -hmm. Um, There, you know, you can sit down with family and friends and you can have people write down memories or stories. And that can be something that gets shared and that can really be helpful and healing. So finding those little ways, and we can talk more about, you know, little strategies um, that are out there for honoring, you know, the person. It's not always just, you know, some people think of it in terms of, you know, visiting the cemetery or not, but it, it can be, we're all going to have their favorite meal or cook their favorite food. It's those things that just connect you with that love. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to your body is crucially important. So, you know, it's kind of silly, but you can even set 
a timer on your phone that to go off throughout the day just to remind you, what am I feeling right now? Where am mm-hmm. I tense? Are my, you know, does, do my shoulders feel tense? Does my stomach, you know, we feel grief physically, you know, we feel it in our throat mm-hmm. before the tears come and we feel it in our body. And so being able to touch base um, and, and figure out what does my body need? Does it need sleep? Does it need rest? Does it need mm-hmm. to be out moving? You know, sometimes that grief needs to move. So mm-hmm. yoga or walking or being in nature. So really taking time to touch base with your body. And then the other big thing that I would say that we can talk more about is embracing the joy, embracing the joy when it comes and if it feels right to you. So there, you know, for somebody, they may be saying, I, I could just do without the whole thing this year. And for someone else, it may make them feel really good. And so there's mm-hmm. no guilt in that. There's no, well, I saw her out, you know, at a holiday party, so she must be not grieving. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, it doesn't diminish, you know, your grief that you would be out, you know, sharing in some festivities or embracing a little bit of peace and joy when it comes, because it does come in waves. It does. And um, I want to go back and elaborate on some of the things you pointed out, but um, the thing I... I know personally, I've lost some very near and dear loved ones, one of whom is my grandmother. Um, She's the reason my company is called Clever Girl Marketing, because she always called me a clever girl. You know, what I've learned is that grief isn't linear, and it's not logical. It just sometimes, you know, it doesn't just, quote unquote, fade with time. Sometimes it can hit you years later and or sensory things or holiday memories or foods can bring those memories up and kind of well that grief up. Um, I was going to share a story where uh, my grandmother was a writer and she always had a house full of books and she she used Kame soap and um, this Cody face powder. And so there's a very specific smell that I associate with her, musty books <laughs> and these these cosmetics. And I went to a used bookstore at our local library one day, years years after she'd passed. And this sweet little old lady was standing next to me looking at books. And, she's, and so I'm smelling the books and I smell this little old lady and she smells exactly like my grandmother. And just, it was like five years afterwards. And I just was like welling up and I, I got very emotional and this woman turned to me and I explained to her what was going on. And she just gave me this big, long hug. Just didn't know her, don't know her name. <laughs> just held me, stroked my back, told me it was okay, asked me about my grandmother. You know, and after talking with her a little bit, I felt a little better. But it just, it shocked me how it just came to the fore so suddenly. And, yeah. you know, there are a lot of expectations around holidays and people, you know, People think they have to do these traditions, but traditions shouldn't become chores. Right. Right. Or burdens. Um, So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about the cycles of grief and um, other things that might surprise people about grief. And and also you were talking about listening to your body Mm -hmm. and knowing when you need rest. Um, I know that when I've been through the depths of grief, sometimes I just want to sleep all the time. And when do you slap yourself and say, okay, you got to get up and get moving and get some sunshine? Like, how do you deal with, you know, 
being in, too indulgent with your body when, yeah. you know what I mean? There's listening yes. and then there's being succumbing. To. Yes. And I, you know, you're exactly right. And I think, and first of all, you know, your story is, will resonate with so many people because that is exactly the nature of grief. Mm -hmm that you will just be walking around a normal day. And and what's often funny to people is the big days that they think will be the hardest. Right. Are not the hardest ones. It's these just average, I went you know, into the drugstore to grab something and out of the corner of my eye, that person looks so much like my mom mm -hmm. or so much like, you know, the person who's lost and they have lost and it's just, it just hits you and you know, all of it. And, mm -hmm. and it's because, mm -hmm. You know, we grieve because we love and because the person has physically died doesn't mean the relationship is over. It's like you're just, you're reframing what that relationship is because their love is still with you. And so it just, it morphs and it changes. And, mm -hmm. you know, and what you've done um, is so beautiful because that is sort of the task in the healing journey of grief that we would want everyone to move to, which is finding meaning. So you have taken some of the beautiful memories and some of, you know, the aspects of that relationship who, because of that love has shaped who you are and have made that so meaningful mm -hmm. in the work you do now. And, you know, and so then you're able to be at a place where when you're hit with all of those emotions, it's both difficult, but also beautiful because you remember in such a beautiful way. And and that's not always the case for everyone. And so I, you know, I want to be clear that I know that the holidays are challenging for those that have these wonderful memories with people that are mm -hmm. no longer here. And then there are the challenging ones because you had a complicated relationship with the person. Oh, yes. I know that one well, yes, too. Yes, <laughs> right? And so yeah, it's like sure. this brings us yeah. all kinds of feelings and memories. And the grief there is mm -hmm. often twofold because you are grieving the the loss and then you were grieving that it could have been different and that yep it, yeah 100%. so it's like you know it it becomes really challenging because you have to sort of let go that we could have worked through this or the relationship could have been different and you know that per we could have made amends and that makes it yeah i thought i had time to work on this relationship and now yes, i don't that's exactly yeah. right what yeah. could have been yeah and you mm -hmm, mentioned mm -hmm. the um so you know, everybody thinks of when they think of, you know, the stages in grief, they think of the famous, you know, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and, you know, she's got those stages, denial and anger and bargaining and acceptance. And mm -hmm. and those are good pointers to sort of maybe what's going on, you know, with your behavior. I mean, I think you take anger for one, you know, anger is one of those emotions that is so deeply felt in grief. And there's no judgment because sometimes anger is the thing that is fueling you to get out of bed. You know, it is easier to be angry mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. than to be sad. Sure. So anger has got mm -hmm. some fire to it and sadness and depression has the no energy. Like I can't get out of bed, like mm -hmm. you said. So, you know, we mm -hmm. have anger, but then we don't often even see how it's sort of manifesting. You know, I, I think of a story, um, my children were very, my oldest two were very young, like three and four. I'm in line at the store. Um, the line's kind of moving slow. Both kids are kind of stuck to my, at, at that age, they're kind of hanging on my limbs. And I hear this woman behind me say, hello. And I'm not sure if she's talking to my children or someone else. And my kids were shy, so they don't say anything. And a moment passes and she says, I said, hello, you're not going to say hi. And I thought, whoa, whoa, yes. And I, you know, 
And I just, just for a split second, you know, I wanted to roll my eyes and kind of turn back and say, well, they don't know you, you know. And then I just, something made me think better of it. And I turned around and I said, hi. And um, I said, how are you today? And she said, well, I'm not that great. My mother just died. They just, they, they just found her. And she goes into this. And I, you know, it just was so, I was so glad I asked her. I was so glad I didn't react differently. <laughs> it was so a story I'll never forget because it's this, you know, mm-hmm. incredible reminder that we don't know what people are going through and we That's can't, right. Yeah. Right, you never we know. can't judge. And that was such an SOS call. Oh my her, gosh. Right. Part. Yeah. So just, right. Like she just needed somebody to talk to. Thank God it was and you. To get it out. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful that I didn't because I, you know, when you, I kind of went into that little bit, you're protective of your kids and really they're three and four. You're giving oh, them sure. But I was so glad, you know, that it was. And so, you know, I talked with her for a few moments and, and then she was so soft by the, you know, she's, it started out kind of harsh and then mm-hmm. there was just this softening and it's like, you know, we, we hold on to, so when looking at the stages, it can be helpful to know you are 100% right. There is no linear. There's no timetable for grief. And there's no, well, I checked this box. So that one's done, done with anger, done with, you know, but th- so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so her work has really been sort of misunderstood in that way that they, people have looked at it in a linear mm-hmm. way and it's not. And um, so they can be pointers though, to sort of, if you read, you know, if you're reading about them and diving into it to sort of figuring out, Ooh, I can see myself in that, or I can see myself here. I can see how, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one that really surprises people is sort of the numbness or denial. Like I I talk to a lot of people that say I haven't cried Mm -hmm. and they're either feeling guilt for that, or they're not understanding that, Mm -hmm. or a lot of time has gone by and they say, I don't think I am dealing with it. And, and first and foremost, you know, as a protective mechanism, we go into this mode of just what are the tasks? Yeah. You know, if I've had to plan a funeral, if I've had to do the paperwork, if I've had to call a lawyer, if I've had to. And so people are doing the, you know, and in a, in a way it is helping them cope because they're able to put one foot in front of the other because they have these things to focus they can do on. do something. Exactly. That's exactly right. They're focused. Mm-hmm. Especially when things are out of control. Mm-hmm. You can't control what's happening that's what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. And you can take that a long way. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like walking out of a doctor's office getting, you know, you know, a a terrible diagnosis and on the way home saying, well, I stopped and picked up some milk and we were out of bread. And we're, because that's what you can focus, you can only handle so much. Mm -hmm. And so to not, Mm -hmm. you know, judge for that way to just say, okay, you know, this is the best I'm doing right now. And maybe I laid in bed for hours today, but I got up and I took a shower at some point. And I'll be grateful Mm -hmm. that I did that. And I don't think we give Mm -hmm. ourselves enough time with those things. I think the internal chatter Mm -hmm. starts Mm -hmm. too soon. I think if you laid in bed a couple days, you immediately start, oh my gosh, you know, but really the truth is on that third day, you might find, I have a little energy today. I'm going to go out for a walk or I'm going to, you know, do something. And so I think we often lose patience. Um, When I think about um, you know, attending things, especially for the holidays when you're grieving. I think about if you, let's say, broke your foot and you went somewhere and you're standing talking to someone and that foot's starting to ache and you think, I got to rest this foot, you would. You would take care of yourself physically. You'd say, right. oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, this recovery mm-hmm. has been rough and I really find that I can only stand for so long or I really have to go home and put it up. And it's like understood and you give yourself that love and self-care. But if you're hurting on the inside, you 
put up that mask, you know, and you think you have right. to just go forward or you even judge yourself or what's wrong with me? Why can't I pull it together? And you white knuckle. Yes. It. Yeah. And yet if you ask people to look back on the painful moments of their lives and, you know, put them into physical categories and emotional, some of those emotional were much harder and more difficult to bear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me of those moments I've had, especially when I was a younger mother, when something would happen some something some physical thing or emotional thing or family thing would happen and instead of thinking okay i need to attend to this right now i would attend to this but also continue with whatever plans or obligations i'd made for that day somehow try to do it all and it took me a long time to understand i can say wait a minute i've got this thing going on i can't attend to you right now i need to cancel our plans or cancel this thing I was going to do or tell you you can have it another day um, and focus over here. Um, and I think, especially when it comes to holiday stuff, people feel like they're obligated and they just, well, I'm just, I have to get this done. And then once the holidays are over, I can rest or right. deal with it. Right? right. Instead of, no, right now you need to pay attention to yourself. And, you know, and like we've, like we were just talking about, you know, again, it's okay if you are finding that for you, going through the motions of putting on these holidays, right? Is, mm -hmm. you, you need that momentum. Like that gives me something to mm -hmm. do. That gives me an outlet. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But then on the flip side, finding joy in yeah. that while you're going through this. Absolutely, 100%. sure. But then, if you enjoy it, only yes. if you enjoy it. Right. Though. Right. That's exactly right. If you're finding, you know, because grief is emotionally and physically, mentally, it's exhausting on all levels. And then you have the holidays and. You know, it's quote unquote, the most wonderful time of the year, only it's not. It's overstimulating and it's just, there's so much and there's so much beauty to it too, but it's just, you have to be able to sort of honor your feelings and be able to say, no, you have that permission or, you know, you should give yourself mm -hmm. that permission to say, I can't do this. I can, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not sending the cards this year. I'm not doing this this year, or I am mm -hmm. really going to change it up. We're going to go on, we're going to take a getaway. We're, mm -hmm. we're going to skip mm -hmm. out on this one, you know, and guess what? It's going to roll around next year. So it will be back and you can choose to do it differently um, in the future for sure. Right. So while we can make these plans and think through what we want to do ahead of time, sometimes, as we've mentioned, things hit us out of the blue. So, you know, how do we handle a situation where we've agreed to go, we've gone to an event, we're at a holiday party or a holiday, you know, family gathering, and then the grief suddenly hits us. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, if my foot was hurting, I would go rest mm -hmm. my foot. Like, what are some techniques or ideas you have for people who are kind of in a social situation and they're really feeling grief? I think the best advice is to go into those situations with a backup plan or or have you know a friend a co-worker that you trust a family member that you're particularly close to a friend that either can go with you or is going to be there that you can say if i need to duck out you you're gonna know why i left you know it was too much it just got to be too much i i needed the break and they're going to be mm -hmm. able to sort of mm -hmm explain for you or you know or be with you or leave with you and so that mm -hmm. can be incredibly helpful just that you kind of go in knowing i'm going to take this one step at a time and if it's too much mm -hmm. i'm going to give myself permission to leave early and i have help in doing mm -hmm. that 
So that can be helpful. You know, I think we as a society have so much work to do in terms of being able to bear witness to, you know, the hard feelings. I mean, we're just be vulnerable all the time. Exactly. And so to have somebody tear up to say, oh, you know, the the holidays have been hard or they really make me miss, you know, um, my person and, you know, and be able to share that and have someone just be able to hold space and listen. And I think so many people want to be able to do that, but they immediately go to a place in their own mind where they, you know, aren't being present because instead it's what should I say? What should I do? How should I help? Should I get, you know, and the biggest gift you can do for someone is to hold space, Mm -hmm. is to allow them to be vulnerable with you, to share what they're really feeling and just, and at the end, there are no words. There are, there is nothing that you could say that is going to be able to take that pain away, but there is healing in them being able to say it to say their loved one's name, to be able to tell you and have you hear it and not run. And just when you're done, thanks so much for telling me. Thank you for sharing that with me. Right. And, you know, that's, that's it. And that's, you know, that's, that's huge. I mean, one of the, you know, the biggest needs that people who are grieving have is, you know, the first one is to, you know, have someone bear witness to their pain. And the second one is to be able to express their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're feeling like at a loss, like, oh, I know, you know, my neighbor or, you know, this, you know, this person, I know I really want to help them, but I don't know what to say. And it's awkward. And it's right. There isn't, you don't have to say anything. You know, you just have to be able to to listen and be there. So what are the types of questions that someone could ask to start that conversation? You know, is it, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Do people get sick of hearing that from everyone? Um, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like no. it's, I think when you're, I think there are, there are a lot of people who just feel really awkward about even bringing up the subject. Yes, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, it, it is one of those challenging things because, but the truth be told, most most of the time people love the opportunity to talk about the person they love or the fact that somebody mm-hmm. is thinking, because, you know, sometimes you hear people say, well, I didn't want to bring it up because, you know, what if they weren't thinking about it? Well, they were thinking about it. <laughs> They're probably, it's on their mind of all the time. They were. So, you right. know, so to say, you know, how have things been? Or I've been thinking of you or to say, you know, I would love to know. And you can even specifically, if you, if you'd want to share, I'd love to know, you know, what the holidays were like for you guys together or, and that gives them, that opens the door. It gives them the opportunity Mm -hmm. to give as little or as much information as they'd like, you know, and then you follow Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. cues. If it seems like, oh, you know, they really kind of want to talk, then great. And if not, you didn't necessarily say anything wrong. You, you know, you just, you put it out there for them and maybe they didn't feel like Mm -hmm. talking about it right then. So, Mm -hmm. You know, you can definitely ask. You can definitely let somebody know that they're being thought of. You can definitely, you know, ask open-ended questions. You know, how how will the holidays look different for you guys? You know, what's mm-hmm. um, you know, what's something you've really been missing the most, or what's been really hard right now? Um, what's been helpful? You know, and then yeah. you know, it it allows then people to kind of think and reflect and know that you care enough to to ask. 
Right. And do you feel if someone is kind of making it clear they don't really want to talk about it in that moment, maybe there's a lot of people around and they don't want to be vulnerable in front of a group, is it, mm-hmm. do you think, a good idea to say, if you ever want to talk about this, you know, I I have you over for coffee, like, feel free to call me if you ever need to talk? Is that is that self-indulgent of the person saying it or is that welcome do you think i think you know first of all you mentioned something you know where and i would think most people know this but you it brought an image to mind which is if you're going to talk to somebody about um about grief um and check in with them that is kind of a personal conversation that's yeah, not the absolutely. thing we're all that's having hors d'oeuvres at the holiday yeah. party and there's three yeah. or four of us that's something one-on-one yeah. and then the second part Correct. of it is um, if you are getting the sense that, you know, maybe that it just you have the other person is talking about work related things and the conversation doesn't go there, but you know it's on your mind and you want to let them know, I think it's okay to say, I've been thinking of you at going into this holiday season and I would love to grab coffee if you would want. It's I would shy away from a little bit putting it on the other person always because mm-hmm. it's we're very well-meaning by saying, and we mean it when we say, call me anytime, but then it Mm -hmm. puts it on that person. And sometimes when you're grieving, you don't even know what you need, you know? So to call, to pick up the phone. So instead to say, I'd love to do coffee, if that sounds okay to you and make it specific, or I'd love to bring over a meal if it works, if it works for you. And so then you're kind of giving specific opportunities where you can connect with that person so that the right. conversation can occur. Um, right. So yeah, sometimes it looks better, you know, it be more specific. And, and if they're not open to it right then, that's okay. Again, remembering that we're all at different places. And so if you're right. in that place where, you know what, I, I can't go there right now. I'm just put doing the paperwork, putting the foot, one foot right in front right. of the other. That's okay. I mean, right. that's absolutely fine. Right. I think it's so important for us to keep in mind that there's no appropriate way to grieve. Right. <laughs> there's grief doesn't look the same for everybody. It's you just have to accept people where they are. What are some ways we can cope with grief, remember our loved ones during the holidays, honor them um, without having it get too maudlin or take over festivities for the whole family? I think I think if you're in a you know, uh, a household where there's multiple people, you can put this kind of out there and open for suggestion. And it's the little things that somehow mm-hmm. when you feel ready, because there's, again, you know, there's those different places that we're at. So for one person looking at the coffee mug dad used to drink out of if dad's no longer with us is, you know, just fills you with anguish and for, you know, at a different place, it's like, I just love using dad's mug. It makes me feel close to dad. So having Mm -hmm. that conversation where you are, you know, saying to everybody, okay, what feels right? And, and respecting everybody. I mean, you may have two people saying, oh my gosh, you know, we always put up the tree together. I, I, we have to do that. And somebody else saying, I can't do that this year. And so, mm-hmm. okay, so you don't have to, you can just sit, you can watch, you don't have to be there or, you know, or maybe all those ornaments we took out from the basement that have all of the history, we don't use those this year. Maybe we get a pre-done <laughs> tree, you know, we right, just do it different, yeah. you know, like we find a way to find the balance. And then it's, it's the little things. It's, you know, what feels like, you know, makes us sort of like I said, something small, I think I mentioned earlier, sharing that favorite food, um, a favorite mm-hmm. food of theirs, or maybe you put out a picture, 
you know, and you put it in a special place. Um, and those little things are a way to incorporate, you know, that love and that remembrance and honor that, you know, that life and the time together without having to be all about, you know, oh my gosh, this is just taking over everything we're doing. And it just feels, mm -hmm. you know, like it's magnifying the grief instead of lifting it. So I think you kind of look for those little ways. Um, and some people like to do the bigger things. And you can, if you're going to be at a family situation that you are looking forward to and people feel comfortable, I think it's absolutely okay to say, I would love it for everyone who feels comfortable to share a memory or story. Because there's probably ones I don't even know about, maybe. And right, we can all right. laugh and talk. And it just, I think it, you know, it depends where you are in your place and mm -hmm. what feels right. And, and remembering that it's okay for somebody to not participate. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, we lost my, we lost my mother-in-law a couple of years ago after a long struggle with dementia. It was really tough and it was really painful at first, but as time went on, you know, we started bringing back some things and um, she had this Franciscan ware, you know, dishware. Mm -hmm. And now my sister-in-law hosts Thanksgiving and and, and often Christmas. And so that dishware comes out. Not a word is said about it, but we all know, yeah. you know, that was Luann's dishware. And it's just everybody just gets the warm and fuzzies because, you know, she's with us. Um, yeah. But it took a little while. It took a little while. Right. Right. That's exactly right. It does. It just, it, you know, and it sometimes feels like you'll never get to that place. Or for some people in the beginning, it feels like they don't want to get to that. It almost feels like, well, I don't honor them if I move on. Like, like you know, the grief is yeah, almost like a badge a lot of, of honor. guilt. Right. And you can, mm -hmm. you know, you can really look at what that person would want for you and think about that and, you know, what they want you to be living mm -hmm. or or not. And that can sometimes be helpful in embracing the joy when it comes. Right. You know, it's, it, can be, it can be fleeting right. when you're in the midst of grief, but when it's there, it's okay to latch on to it. Yeah. So this is a tough question. So what if we have a, a loved one who we can safely presume is having their last holiday mm -hmm. and we know we're going to be saying goodbye to them? This is so painful. Mm -hmm. I've been through it. I know lots of yeah. people have. Um, how can we make them feel extra special but not create sort of a morbid, yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable scene um, we don't want it to be like a farewell party, but we just want to let them know, you know, how much we love them. What, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think, you know, finding yourself in that stage is so, so difficult because most often if you are in that place, there have, you're in grief already. You're in both anticipatory grief oh, yeah. for what's to come, and you are grieving all of the losses that have got you to that place. Mm -hmm. The fact that they no longer, you know, get out of bed and can no longer can do this. and can do, So you've been grieving all of this way, and yet mm -hmm. you still have that person. And so there's this sense of, but I still have them with me, and I don't want to jump ahead yet. My mind keeps wanting right. to do that to me, but I want to you know, be as present as I can. And I, you know, can't speak enough to if the person is in a mental state where they are able to have conversation with you about what they want and go to that place. I mean, so often it becomes, it feels like it's too much to bear. So we don't want to have those conversations mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, what if 
what if I depress the person or what if they give up or what if, you know, because we always want to hold on to hope and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can always hold on. Mm-hmm. To, you can always hold on to hope. I mean, hope is beautiful and it's okay to, to hold on to hope and simultaneously also be in the moment and say, but this is what we're dealing with. And I accept that mm-hmm. this is what's happening. And so I'm going to have this conversation because it gives that person the opportunity to maybe say what they would like. And what they mm-hmm. want. I mean, you may be in a flurry of activity thinking, oh, I want them to have this most magical last, you know, holiday season. So I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And they want you to sit down and hold hands. And mm-hmm. and so being able to have a conversation and being able to, you know, I've, I've, I've known families who, um, I've known families who had loved ones, you know, adults and children that, you know, it, as soon as we got anywhere near the holiday, they decorated the whole house. Like, we're just going to have months and months of this. If this is going to be our last, we're just going to make it, you know, we're going to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and, and then whoop and it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's what, and that's wonderful. Um, but I think, you know, being able to have those conversations and then being able, we cause, we cause ourselves so much excess suffering and it's so hard not to do this but you know there is the the real suffering of loss of seeing someone decline of what is right in front of you and then there is what goes on inside our inside our heads about what will happen and you know our fear coming into play and you know and and that sometimes can take us down a road that doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve the one we love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so to kind of catch yourself to do those things where you give respite to yourself, if you are caring for someone and this, and you are inundated with their care, or you are constantly going up to the hospital and checking in on them, you need to take the time to care for yourself. That is extremely important, especially if you're in a position where, you know, you might be a parent and you are trying to care for a, a aging parent or a spouse that is sick and you also have young children. You have to mm-hmm. have some time for yourself. Mm -hmm. To just connect and give yourself a little bit of peace, whether that's a little bit of meditation or that's a walk or that's, you know, extra time in the shower, whatever the case may be, because that is going to allow you to at least go forward in a way that you can be a little bit more present to honor the time that you have. And if you can have those conversations and you can be there with it, you know, I think that you will be so happy in the future. So many Looking, people say, yeah. I wish I would have talked about it. We didn't want to talk about it. We didn't want to bring it up. We didn't want to. And, and it's like, that becomes the elephant in the room. I mean, I, I have talked to many parents who, you know, had children that were sick or had a loved adult loved one that was sick and said, we don't want to tell them. We don't want to talk to the kid. They don't know. And I'm a hundred percent saying, oh, they do know, you know, exactly. You know, I used to work, I worked once with in the hospital setting um, with a little girl who had cancer. She couldn't have been more than three. And we were doing some play, you know, play is just, it's how children process. It's how they process their experiences. It's how they process the world around them. It's so incredibly valuable. So we were doing some therapeutic play and there was a dollhouse and some dolls and she marched the mommy doll up the stairs and put the mommy in one of the rooms of the house and then shut the door. And she said, that's where the mommy goes to cry that her little girl has cancer. (gasps) And 
you know, it was like, because they, wow. they know, they know. And so there's this deep knowing and it really creates more fear and anxiety, truly, when we try to act like what's happening is not happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having those conversations and being honest and then to be able to say, but it's also okay that we, you know, do the fun stuff and that we go on living and that we, you know, and, and finding some balance. It's, it's, you know, that's mm-hmm. important, especially if you have young children. I'm choking up. You brought up a memory when my grandma, my grandmother had brain cancer. Mm. Uh, she had a stage four glioblastoma that suddenly oh. became active and... So she had surgery and then she had rehab and she ended up in a nursing home and she knew she was going and she and the thing that was her biggest fear because she was this very intellectual person, a writer, she was worried about losing the ability to speak and write. And my children were younger and she was adamant she wanted them to hear her life stories because she had done all these amazing things. She was an amazing person. She was a Marine in World War II, and she was a peace activist, and she, you know, tutored children in Watts and got them out of there during the Watts riots. I mean, she did amazing, amazing things. So she wanted to tell her stories, and I don't know, I don't know why I thought of it, but I immediately went out and got a digital recorder and recorded it. So I have all these recordings, and I can't, I still can't listen to them. I hear her voice, and I just... I can't, I have to turn it off. Um, But I know they're there and I have all her writings and I feel like it's a real gift that she gave to us. And my children remember and treasure those stories. So um, yeah, that's all she wanted. She wanted to be remembered. Right. She just, you know, that was the one thing she wanted. So that's so beautiful and such a wonderful legacy to leave and to give. I mean, you know, some, and being in that place to be able to do that and to have someone who could sit and I'll give you that gift. You know, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes some people are saying, I want, I want to, to please write this down or please videotape this, or please, mm-hmm. we have to talk about this. And the person that loves them so deeply is going, no, 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 we don't have to, you know, cause it's just so painful oh, yeah. and so difficult. Um, but there was no know. saying no to her. <laughs> She was like, we're doing this. And I was what like, okay, woman. okay, oh, Nana. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, she was amazing. She's a a major influence on me and my life. So I'm very grateful and um, I hold space for her every day. She's just, yeah. So anyway, Bernadette LaHood Janes, she was awesome. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about the people we love that we lose and we grieve for. But I wanted to bring up one other thing, and that mm-hmm. is, you know, you can grieve the loss of a lot of things, not just people. And I feel like our society is really kind of in the throes of some suffering. There's oh, a huge yes. mental health crisis. Um, this past season, my co-host Sarah and I did a whole uh, series of minisodes just about how to get mental health help and all the ins and outs of mental health, because there are just so many people in need. Um, And I think a lot of what I see, I try to stay away from politics and, you know, religion and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of the vitriol that I see in society online and in person, I think is, I think there's a lot of people lashing out in grief 
I just feel like people are angry and in denial and don't want to accept that our way of life has changed. And and they're taking it out on each other. On the roads, people are driving like maniacs. Um, people are rude. Um, people in retail, I have clients who are retailers and their staffs just are just getting abused like never before by people. Like I just... It's really something I've thought about a lot, and you seem like the ideal person to talk about it oh. with. Well. <laughs> Not that you have vitriol. You seem very nice. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, is that, am I right? Is grief something that we can all be feeling about our I way of life? I think you are 100% right. I very much sense that, you know, it, it's it's so interesting. I I was talking to someone today who immediately went in to this people don't know how to work anymore people don't have a good you know nobody wants to you know and there was all this hard feelings about you know just there was there was just anger there and the, the truth is that we have seen changes and we don't always do well with change you know mm-hmm. as a society and so we are grieving what we have lost i mean very much so i think that that is so true and you know there's again it's easier sometimes to be angry than to to be sad about, you know, the way that things have morphed, you know, the things we used to be able to do that now we don't, um, that we can't do. And so I think as a society, we are 100% seeing that. And we also struggle with being able to name it, being able to name those feelings and why we feel them. It is easier for me to say, you know, well, I feel this way because you did this versus mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. this way because it's just been a really hard year and I've had a lot of stuff come up. And I I think that's key is trying to sort of go back to what is going on with me and look at it in a way of learning about myself, going a little bit deeper because that is going to lead to not only healing for yourself, but a greater understanding and compassion for everyone else you're running into out there. I mean, right. you all already with your awareness, bring it to the person who is cutting you off in traffic. It's still difficult. It's still aggravating, but it's not sending you to that, you know, place where I you're just wave. Okay, meet rage bye. with rage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, we've got a lot going on. It's like the lady in the store that I, in that mm-hmm. story I told with my own children, like, well, we, you've got a lot going on and we do collectively, there's just so much, so much change. And then we take these times and it's constantly sort of in our face because, you know, now this holiday, then you think back, oh, back in the day, or remember when, or those holidays, or, you know, you you have a child graduating from elementary school and you think, oh, my kids didn't experience that because that was the COVID year and they didn't even get to do that. And there's anger attached to that. And so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just, and then, you know, you have that thought, you have those feelings because of those thoughts, and then you go out into the world. And then it's, you know, one little thing and it sort of triggers those things to come up. And so it is important to find ways to sort of go in, I think, inward and sort of take a look. So where's where's the line between, okay, I'm acknowledging I'm feeling this, mm-hmm. you know, and I need to think about this and take a breath and, you know, and when is, and yeah, when is there when is it time to find help mm. like when do you know like okay i i'm not 
I'm aware I'm feeling this way, but I can't get past it. Yeah. So I think each each situation is obviously different. And so sometimes people have a lot of supportive presences in their life. A lot of people that, you know, they have at least one or two people, friends or family that they can connect with. And then other people do not have that. And I think mm-hmm. if you don't have someone, you know, right away, it would be important to connect. Maybe there are online support groups right now, especially, you know, the good, one of the positive things to come out of the pandemic is there's a lot more online resources for people. Right, right. So there are online resources. If you, you know, if you type in, you know, grief support, online grief support near me or, or just online grief support, you're going to get things that you can go to physically and that things mm-hmm. that you can do online that can be really helpful to connect with people. And it can get very specific. So, you know, lost by suicide or lost by, you know, addiction or, you know, um, p- parents you had mentioned, you know, losing your mother-in-law after a long time. I mean, there's going to be somebody that would have the similar situation to you if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then there's just general um, grief support. And so I think if you don't have somebody that you're able to talk to and you or you have someone that you're talking to, but you're finding that it's for some time you've been in a state that you are having trouble moving forward from. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a warning sign. Now it does, you know, it's all kind of falls under that umbrella of grief. That is grief. But at the same time, I think, you know, where, you know, it feel, felt like kind you know, it is two steps forward, you know, one step back. But at the same time, I think you can recognize in yourself when taking the steps forward is getting harder and harder. Like I was in a place where I felt like I was okay. And now I don't feel like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the time that you might want to reach out and get some more professional support or find one of those support groups. Or, you know, a lot of what I try and do is just normalize first what you're feeling, you know, mm-hmm. because that's crucial to sort of helping you just get to a place of understanding like, oh, oh, so I, the feeling that I'm not okay, that is actually a normal feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. But when you, let's say, you know, a, a good example is always like, I can't drive by the hospital where my mom died, I take alternate routes so I don't go there. That maybe is absolutely kind of part of the coping for, you know, maybe you don't do that for the first year, but after three years and you still can't go down, then maybe we start thinking, you know what, maybe I need to talk to somebody about right, about this. Right. So it's a timing, it's um, your ability. So you look at the timing of things and you look at your ability to sort of be able to enjoy Am I able to have so much? I mean, is it coming in and out? Am I in a chronic state? Of, I'm not even finding little snippets of peace or joy or anything mm-hmm. to latch on to. Um, I think those are two real big indicators. That's great advice. Thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm so grateful to you for this conversation. I feel like we've touched on so many really valuable things, and I'm really hoping that this helps people. I've, you know, it's helped me just you know, talking with thank you. you so, so. And thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you. I was going to say the same thing to you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, um, is there anything I forgot to ask? Anything else you want to mention? Oh, gosh. I do. I feel like I co- we did cover so much. Um, you can just say I'm brilliant and I thought of everything. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that did not come to mind. That did not come to mind. It's it's so what am funny. I what am I forgetting? What am I gonna think later? Oh yeah, I know, I thing. know. 
Um, but we did. I just, I feel like I talked your ear off and we covered so much. But, you know, I, it's just my heart goes, you know, is with all of those who are struggling this season, you know, from losses that are recent or many, many years yeah. ago. Because it's yeah. just, it comes up and it, and it, here's the one last thing that I'll say. So we talked about how it is absolutely 100% okay to not be attending to the hard feelings until you're in a place where you can do that. But for anybody saying, I'm doing just fine, I don't deal with, I don't, I don't go there, I'm not doing that. If you are, it is true that saying, you sort of have to feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. And if you are blocking the difficult feelings forever, and they will keep finding their way to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. Life sort of throws them at you. It's the person you see at the at the store. It's the the smell, like you said, that comes mm-hmm. to you as mm-hmm. an opportunity. And and all of those can be little doors to open towards healing. And if if and when you're ready to move through, it is such a gift because by blocking that, you block all the good stuff too. Mm-hmm. So you block the love that wants to come in and you block, you know, the joy that wants to come in. It's like, it's, it's just, it's the same door. So if you're shutting that door off, you know, and we understand that completely because sometimes that's necessary for coping, but you want to open it at some point, you know, with somebody that you trust that's close to you or a professional so that, you know, you can get that healing and you can open yourself up to the love and then getting to that stage of, you know, finding the deep meaning and meaning does not mean, you know, that you, oh, well, I understand now why it happened this way or, you know, no, no, no. Meaning is just that you're able to take all that love and how you are a different person because of your time with them and put that into place in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad you asked. That was beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I really appreciate this conversation. I'm going to I'm going to end by lightening things up a little bit. I've been doing this with all my holiday mini series guests, so we're going to do a quick <laughs> speed round, hard no or yes. Okay. Ready? Green bean casserole. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Cranberry sauce. Ooh, hard no. <laughs> Surprisingly, a lot of people are saying that. Uh, <laughs> candied yams. Yes. Oh, okay. Fruitcake. Oh, hard no. <laughs> um, eggnog. Yes. Okay. Uh, latkes. No one knows what. Ooh, the, yes. Yes. No. Yeah, the yeah. potato pancakes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. We can be friends except for the cranberry sauce. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much for this conversation. I I really treasure um, our time together. It's really meant a lot to me. I know it will mean a lot to many of our listeners. So. Thank you. Oh, I hope so. And I'm grateful. And, you know, thank you for talking about hard things because people are certainly feeling that way and putting yeah. it out there is. It's yeah. funny, you know, grief is one of those things that is universal to humanity and we never want to talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Right. It's, yeah. It is so yeah. universal and yet so deeply personal all at the same time. And yeah, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. and it's something that we're all going to experience. And yet at some point it's yeah. become so taboo and it's, yeah, no, it shouldn't. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Well, thank you again. And I hope you and your family have happy holidays. Thanks. Same to you.
that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found today's conversation helpful. Visit our website, hardnopodcast.com for this episode's show notes, including all of the wonderful resources that Kathy mentioned, past episodes, downloadables, and links to resources. Have a question or suggestion for the podcast? Send an email through our website or message us on Instagram. Our handle is at hardnopodcast. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, especially on Apple, so others can find us too. That's a Hard No is presented by Clever Girl Marketing in partnership with Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Marketing and amazing production coordinator, Maura Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer. Noah does not like green beans either. Music by Gigi Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.